This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 68, and it's going to be a Q&A episode, Questions and Andrew. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. No, but to be serious, uh, I've just been so busy lately with real-life stuff, I didn't have time to prepare a regular episode. So I figured, let's do a Q&A instead. And we will start off right away here with Neil David at Chubby underscore Cthulhu. Uh, Neil is an amazing writer here at Voices of Wrestling. Check his stuff out. It's great. Uh, Neil asks, which Nasty Boys theme is best WCW or WWE? I'm going to go with the WCW theme, We're the Boys. Time for a nasty sensation! Get ready for Pity City! We're the nasty boys, we got a bad reputation. When you see the nasties coming, better change your direction. Everybody talks, but we know talk is cheap. If you mess with the boys, we'll rearrange your team. We're the boys, we're the boys, we're the nasties. Because honestly, how can you compete with We're the Boys, We're the Boys, We're the Nasty Boys? You can't, I'm sorry. It's just, it's the better song for sure. Uh, and by the way, by the way, We're the Boys, it sounds suspiciously like the old Brutus the Barber Beefcake theme. And both of those were done by Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire. So, you know, maybe a little bit of shenanigans going on there with Jimmy and JJ, digging into their catalog, perhaps. So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Neil has another question here. Uh, what is the best, most poetic wrestling song in terms of the lyrics? I always thought that Christian's theme, Just Close Your Eyes, had very poetic lyrics. Too poetic for wrestling, I think. Uh, if you close your eyes, your life a naked truth revealed. Dreams you never lived and scars never healed. In the darkness, light will take you to the other side and find me waiting there. You'll see if you just close your eyes. That is some deep stuff right there. Uh, and in fact, that leads me to another question that I got. This one is from Showcase of the Kim Mortals at Hurra Owl. Can you think of an in-house entrance theme? That's a really good song in a vacuum, but it just doesn't work as an entrance theme. Uh, and Her Owl says, for me, it's Broken Dreams for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Just Close Your Eyes, uh, the original by Waterproof Blonde, that's a really good song, but it's just, it's pretty weird in the context of a wrestling theme, especially the album version, which has the extra verses and it's like really somber and morose and really deep, doesn't really match up with Christian or a wrestling environment at all, really. 
Oscar Chamorro at Oscar7Mex asks, Will New Japan release all of their themes on iTunes? Well, as far as Japanese iTunes goes, they're pretty much all up there, uh, with the exception of the most recent album, Greatest Music 7. Uh, all of the Greatest Music albums are on Japanese iTunes. Uh, as far as American iTunes goes, yeah, you're only getting like the first two albums, and even then it's just a selection from the first two albums. So it's really not that great, I know. Um, I imagine international rights are the holdup, which sucks. But um, I will note, though, that you can get the G.O.D. themes and also Carl Anderson's theme, uh, Never Alone. You can get those themes on iTunes because uh, those are done by outside artists. But as far as the uh, majority of the Kitamura themes goes, yeah, iTunes is not the best place to go, I'm afraid. The Spear Tip at The Spear Tip. What is your favorite entrance theme that has never slash not yet received a commercial release for whatever reason? And why do you like that particular theme? Uh, the version of Dark Side that Undertaker used at Fully Loaded 98. I love that version of the song. first version of that theme that he ever used, and it's never been officially released for whatever reason. And it's, it's so hauntingly beautiful and melancholic, while at the same time it retains that darkness and ominous presence. It's kind of like, uh, I guess, a, a dark Christmas song, because it's got the, the sleigh bells in it, and it's just a really beautiful sound. Um, I know there are multiple bootlegs of it on YouTube and so forth, but uh, yeah, there's never been an official release of that version, which is kind of baffling and surprising because they did put out that Undertaker from the Vault album a few years ago, and that has like a bunch of, you know, unreleased themes on it, but uh, for whatever reason, it's not there. Um, it's also not on any of the Uncaged albums either. So uh, one day, hopefully one day. John Carroll, uh, host of Wrestling Omikaze and a former guest as well. Their question is, give me your least favorite unit slash stable themes ever. Preferably at least one per company like New Japan, Dragon Gate, WWE, WCW, any other ones you can think of. Well, WCW is pretty easy because it's hootie who for the No Limit Soldiers. I mean, that is one of the most annoying songs I've ever heard in my life, you know, with the hootie-hoo, hootie, oh my god. Rich Krejci and I talked about that on the Rey Mysterio episode a little while ago, and it is just absolutely god-awful. So avoid that one at all costs, I, I warn you. <laughs> um, WWE, there are probably a bunch I could go with. Um, I don't think this is the worst one of all time, but it's still pretty bad. 
Do you remember that stable, the League of Nations, from a few years ago with Seamus and Rusev and Alberto Del Rio and Wade Barrett? Really just an absolutely nothing stable, you know? Put together for no real reason, cannon fodder for Roman Reigns, lost to the New Day a bunch of times, just a, a complete dud. And their theme song wasn't much better. It also sucked. <laughs> it was your typical, like, trumpet procession fanfare music. Dun, 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 Just nothing to it whatsoever. Completely boring, completely forgettable. There might be worse songs, like I said, but that one comes to mind right away. Uh, Dragon Gate, that's a little bit tricky because there aren't that many Dragon Gate themes I don't like. Uh, I like most of them, actually. Um, I guess the comedy stable themes don't really do much for me, uh, like the Iron Perms theme or perhaps the Florida Brothers. So I guess uh, one of those will be my choice for that one. Um, New Japan, again, pretty tricky because there aren't that many stable themes to choose from, to be honest. Uh, there's like the NWO Japan theme, of course. There's uh, the Chaos theme, Great Bash Heel, uh, Suzuki Goon, Bullet Club. I guess out of all those, I'll pick the Bullet Club one that I like the least. Uh, I don't hate it, but compared to those other ones, it's at the bottom of the list. So, there you go. Um, one more here, one more for this one. Uh, TNA, the Fortune theme, Fortune 4, a.k.a. gonna change some things. Simply because of the line, it's all about the fame, all about the fortune, all the right moves, the sex of the motion. I mean, what more needs to be said right there? Martin Bentley at the MIB asks, Best Joshi theme that isn't Rock Your Life Away, uh, which is referring, of course, to the theme for Meiko Satomura, which is a great theme. Uh, well, Barton, I'm glad you asked that because I've got two words for you. Yuka Sakazaki. Arguably the most adorable wrestler in the world. I just smile every time I see her. And her theme song, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's like she just ate a bunch of pixie sticks and is bouncing off the walls. It's so energetic and wacky and colorful and fun. 
and perfect for someone with the nickname The Magical Girl because she looks like an anime genie. This is a crazy song that a genie would sing, so it all fits together. And I'm glad that she's going to be part of AEW going forward here because she is someone that people will fall in love with, I guarantee you, especially with the theme song because it will get stuck in people's heads. That I am sure of. Um, I don't know if it's the best one, to be honest. I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> um, you know what I have been listening to a lot lately? Manami Toyota's theme, Mystic Eyes. <laughs> I've been enjoying that one quite a bit. Uh, it's just so elegant and classy, uh, but it's also got like a fun, smooth jazz flow to it as well. It's like music for a really nice menu screen in a Nintendo game, and it always puts me in a good mood too. So I'll say Mystic Eyes for now. It might change, but today my answer is Mystic Eyes. Uh, Savon Anka at Savon Anka. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, sorry about that. Do wrestling themes require that explosive, recognizable beginning for that quick pop, or could they go without one? You know, I, I don't think it really matters how a theme starts, as long as the wrestler and the theme are over. Obviously, a big explosive intro can help a lot because it kicks things off with a bang. You know, uh, the Stone Cold Glass Shatter, for example, or the Rock If You Smell, or a, a big guitar riff like Triple H's theme. That said, though, a big explosive intro isn't really worth a damn if Stone Cold or The Rock or Triple H aren't over, or if the songs just don't work. Uh, the same is true for songs that start with a quieter intro. Uh, Marty Skrull's theme, for example. His theme does not start with the most exciting intro in the world, but when those sparse piano notes hit, the crowd goes crazy because Marty is popular and the song just works for him so well. The same is true for Minoru Suzuki. You know, I was in New York uh, for many a weekend at the Rev Pro show and the MSG show, and on both occasions, when Kaz and Inare hit and the wind started blowing, everybody went nuts. For wind, you know, because it's Minoru Suzuki, the guy is a god, and Kaz and Inare is one of the greatest wrestling themes of all time. So yeah, I don't think the intro really matters all that much. What really matters most is how popular the wrestler is and how popular the song is and how well it works. Sarah Flannery at Sarah Flan, one half of the delightful Sarah and Sarah podcast. What's the best classic WWF theme of all time and why is it the Fabulous Rougeau's All American Boys? Well, with all due respect to Jacques and Raymond Rougeau, and as much as I love Barry Manilow, and as much as I would love to tell all the girls that the Rougeos are on the way, I'm going to have to go with Jake Roberts' theme.
because it just it amazes me how much you can get out of the simplest of synth melodies and a simple little drum beat. There's not much to this song at all, but you hear it and you instantly get what they're going for here. An atmosphere of quiet danger, where instead of a big, crazy, over-the-top song, we get restraint, we get an even keel, and it still sends a chill down your spine. You can still feel that malice seething behind the veil, but at the same time, the song also comes off to me as darkly heroic in a way. And that was Jake Roberts. That was him. You know, Jake wasn't the screaming madman. He was subdued. He was quieter. He was cerebral. But he was still able to convey just how dangerous he was and how vicious he could be through his soft-spoken words. And he could be this intense character and be a heel, but he could also be intense and be a face just as well. So I'm going with Jake Roberts' theme for this one. Another VOW friend, Lee Malone, at Malone underscore 713. Uh, Lee was just on the Finn Balor episode a little while ago. Check that one out. Uh, Lee's question is, do you think AEW have missed out by not attempting to have some licensed music on their show for some performers, especially considering a lot will be new to a mainstream audience, so a recognizable theme would be a major help to them getting over, in my opinion? Okay, here are my thoughts on this. Would I personally prefer Jimmy Havoc in AEW to have I Hope You Suffer as his theme? Or Joey Janela with Protovision? Or Jungle Boy with Tarzan Boy? Or Shima with the Stronghearts theme? Or Pac with the R.E.D. theme? Of course I would. Absolutely. And I do think having recognizable licensed songs does help get guys over. But... In the long run, what helps get guys over the most is featuring them properly and putting them in positions to succeed. Letting them have good matches and having good feuds and and cutting good promos. You know, the way it's been done for decades. (laughs) So, sure, AEW with that sweet, sweet con money, they could get some licensed songs for their guys. But if the wrestlers aren't used properly or just don't have that innate connection with the crowd, then I don't think it's going to matter at all what kind of songs they have. James at CRS Van X asks, as a follow-up to Lee's question here, if not licensed music due to likely prohibitive costs, would bringing on board CFOs or Jim Johnston be a better option rather than what they have now music-wise? Or would CFOs be too WWE-sounding and Johnston arguably past his creative peak? Well, if I was AEW, which I'm not, but if I was, I would make that decision to bring in CFOs or Jim Johnston uh, based on the same criteria that I would anyone else, whether they're ex-WWE or ex-WCW or ex-TNA or ROH or wherever, and that is... Is this person good at their job, and will they be a net positive for the company? CFOs, very talented guys. They know how to make a wrestling theme. If I had the power, yeah, I'll bring them in. Jim Johnston, legend. His track record speaks for itself. If he gives me a few songs and they're on par with his earlier work, hey, come on in, Jim. Join the fun. 
And if not, then not, you know? I mean, I love Jim Johnston, but if he's half-assing it or he's lost his fastball, then I would not want him in that role as the main music composer because AEW is going up against WWE in a wrestling war. This is a war. And if you want to survive, you have to be firing on all cylinders. Which, a side note, is why I'm so frustrated that they've got Jim Ross as a regular commentator. Because Jim Ross, yes, he's a legend, and I respect him as a legend, and I do have a lot of fond memories of JR calling matches when I was younger. But today, in 2019, he's past his prime. He complains way too often on the air, he gets, you know, he gets cranky, and I think it actively detracts from my enjoyment of watching the shows. Like I said, this is war, and in war, you bring your A-game or you lose. It's that simple. So if they're good, come on in. If they're not, sorry, no soup for you. The Andrew Account, hey, that's a nice name, at Outlaw Jamboree. What's your favorite track on Shake, Wrestle, and Roll? Also, I'd love to hear you devote an episode to that like you did Slam Jam. Uh, Shake, Wrestle, and Roll, for those that don't know, that is the album that Exotic Adrian Street and his band The Pile Drivers uh, put out back in the 80s. And uh, much like many other wrestling albums, it's them doing these wrestling-themed songs. Uh, so uh, there you go. Um, and to be honest, I don't have a favorite song because I've never listened to it. So <laughs> I can't give you one. I'm sorry, but uh, I'll put it on the list of future topics. How about that? Then, now, whatever at TNW Podcast. I believe that's Duncan Joyce, former guest on the show. As a child of the ruthless aggression era, is there an aspect about wrestling at the time? which has gone on to be roundly derided that you have fond memories of or that just feels like a normal part of wrestling, a character, storyline, match stip, booking trope, etc. Well, it's kind of my stock answer, but uh, Biker Undertaker. Uh, I don't care how many people mock it or call it lame. I look back on it and I smile uh, because 2003 Biker Undertaker, that was my jam. You know, he was wearing the bandana, he was riding the bike, sunglasses, beating up the FBI, you're gonna pay, badasses, always kicking assholes ass. I can't help but love it. Uh, mainly because that was my first Undertaker, and uh, as the saying goes, you never forget your first, folks. So, I'll always have a deep fondness in my heart for Biker Taker, even when others don't. Tom Bolton at Bolton underscore T. Uh, which aging wrestler's theme would you pass on to an up-and-coming wrestler and why? Well, I don't know if I'd call him aging uh, because he's only 35, <laughs> but uh, Doc Gallows' New Japan singles theme, Boz. I would give that to Hikuleo, 
because I think the song rules, and we never heard it often enough uh, when Doc Gallows was in New Japan. Only like the New Japan Cup and the G1 Climax, because those were the only singles matches he was getting in New Japan. Um, also, Hikuleo is in Bullet Club, as was Doc Gallows, so there's a connection there. And when Hikuleo does get that eventual singles run in the company, he will need a singles theme. And I think Boz would fit him quite well, so I'll go with that one. Uh, these next two I'm going to combine because they're pretty similar. Uh, Jeremy at Bad underscore Chemicals. What's your favorite use of licensed music in wrestling? And uh, Jeremy says, for my money, I really love Togi Makabe using Immigrant Song. That's pretty good, yeah. And The Lodger at Rich Carlson asks, what's your top five uses of licensed music in pro wrestling? All right, let me give you five of them. Not ranked, but these ones come to mind right away. First off, ECW One Night Stand 2005, Hammerstein Ballroom, Sandman's Entrance, the entire building is shaking because they're all singing Enter Sandman. It was an incredible sight to see and to hear as well. Um, number two, I'll go with uh, same building actually, Hammerstein Ballroom, ROH Final Battle 2008, Brian Danielson versus Takeshi Morishima. Danielson doing the dive on Morishima into the crowd while his theme is still playing. Then he gets up, stands on a chair, puts one foot on the guardrail, lifts his finger to the sky, right on cue for the crowd to sing, It's the final countdown! Perfect timing, great moment. Uh, third one, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, the promo video from WrestleMania 26, which was Streak versus Career. That was the one that had the placebo cover of Running Up That Hill, which was originally done by Kate Bush. That is maybe my favorite promo video of all time, just in terms of the story it tells, with Sean asking Taker for the rematch, getting told no, and then Sean just gets more and more desperate as time goes on to get the match. It's all kind of grainy, and they splice in clips of Sean's career, and you keep hearing that, that line over and over from the chorus. And if I only could It just gives me chills every time I watch it, so that one for sure. Fourth one, it's going to be Hollywood Hogan using Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix in WCW as his theme. Yes, he's a giant piece of shit, but goddammit if Hogan didn't look like a fucking megastar and the coolest bastard in the world coming out to that song, air guitar on the belt, smoke machines billowing, crowd going nuts, I gotta put it on there. 
And the fifth one I'll pick is SummerSlam 2004. Uh, the theme for that pay-per-view was Rush's cover of Summertime Blues. And the reason I picked that is because that is the song that first introduced me to Rush way back when. So those are my five. Adam Schinder at Recorder Schinder. If you could have two wrestlers swap theme songs with each other, who would they be and why? Evil and Gangrel. Because I want to see Gangrel do the fire entrance, and as he rises up, <laughs> it was forbidden by the Undertaker. You hear the evil gong and the dong. That'd be a cool visual, I think. And I want to see what the evil entrance would look like with him coming out to a song that has some bounce to it. You know, like would he get some pep in his step coming out to you know? In that case, I want to see what happens. You know. Joel Abraham at Joel J. Abraham, uh, one half of the Super J cast, of course. Which theme slash themes immediately get your blood pumping, ready to go, and give somebody a good kicking? Uh, number one with a bullet is Tomohiro Ishii's theme. That song never fails to get me pumped up and get me motivated to like run through a wall or what have you. Uh, Kota Ibushi's theme as well. Adam Page's theme. Masato Yoshino's theme. There are just way too many to name, so I'll just I'll go with those to start off with. So there you go. Speaking of the Super J cast, uh, Nicole at Booze Leprechaun. Uh, she is the moderator of the Super J cast Discord, which I'm a part of. Uh, she has a very interesting question here. Uh, which theme goes best with which VOW major personality? All right, I thought about this for a little bit here. Uh, Rich Krejci. We all know he's the money man. He cooks the books. That's how he affords all his vacations. So if he's the money man, I gotta give him the Million Dollar Man theme. Joe Lanza, he's loyal. He's resilient. He'll fight to the bitter end. Sometimes he's reserved, other times passionate. And he's tough and hard in more ways than one, folks. I'm gonna give him Ishii's theme. Damon and Joel... They're a strong tag team, very popular as well, but but they've been known to get into some pickles every now and again because of their big mouths. So they're going to get Edge and Christian's theme. Sean Cedor, good solid hand, always there when you need him. Also loves auto racing. So Sean, sorry buddy, but you're getting Bob Sparkplug Holly's theme. John Carroll, massive Japanophile, Loves Japanese culture, loves Japanese wrestling. I could give him Naito's theme for obvious reasons. I could give him Taichi's theme for obvious reasons. I could give him a litany of Japanese wrestling themes for obvious reasons. It's a tough choice, so instead, I'm going to go outside the box here and go with the song that John sang just so beautifully at karaoke WrestleMania weekend, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. And uh, one more here, uh, Kelly Harris. Kelly, for some godforsaken reason, he signs up pretty much every month to review the god-awful WWE pay-per-views, which means that he is, at heart, a masochist. So I think it's only fair that I give him the Basham Brothers theme when they were with Shaniqua and had the BDSM gimmick. 
Remember that? Where Doug Basham wore the gimp mask and Danny had the ball gag in his mouth and Shaniqua would whip them with a riding crop? Remember that? Oh, the fun we had back in the good old days of 2003-2004 SmackDown. Tyler Furness at CCS The Real Forno. I'm getting married next year. Hey, congrats. And pretty much the only say I have in the ceremony is the grand entrance music what theme song should I choose to walk into the reception with my new wife to? I'm thinking the Rainmaker theme, but would love some ideas. You know, Okada's theme was a great pick because the reception entrance at the wedding, that's a big moment. And you need a big theme like Okada's to mark the occasion. It feels epic. It's upbeat. It's rocking. There are no lyrics, so no worries there. So yeah, Okada's theme is a, a pretty damn good pick. Um, I would also suggest Misawa's theme or Kobashi's theme because Misawa's theme has the piano intro that really sets the mood and Kobashi's theme has a cool intro as well. And then once either song kicks in, they kick in and it's awesome. So Okada, Misawa, Kobashi, those are my top three choices for you, Tyler. Chris Novembrino at Chris Novembrino, a multiple-time guest here on the show and one half of Shake Them Ropes. What is the best production theme that is blatantly a ripoff of a known song and why is it Chris Jericho's WCW Totally Not Even Flow? Uh, yes, uh, Chris is referring to One Crazed Anarchist, which we played on the Chris Jericho episode uh, back on episode 60, uh, me and Sean Sedor. Uh, you know which one I like a lot? It was the theme to Bash at the Beach, 96. It's called Crazed by Derek Todd Sorensen. And it's a rock ripoff of Crazy by Seal. And it's, it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, but here's the thing, though. It was also the theme on that show for The Outsiders. Because Hall and Nash, in kayfabe, they're not WCW employees. They're outsiders. So they don't have official WCW theme music. So they just gave them the pay-per-view theme. So, uh, yeah, Crazed gets my vote for this one. 
Jeff Hawkins at Crap Game 13. He's the other half of Shake Them Ropes. His question, why am I so awesome? Uh, Jeff is awesome, and I'll tell you why. Not only is he just a fountain of knowledge about music, especially 80s and 90s music, but I love having him on because he gets my references. You know, as a guy whose musical taste goes well beyond his years, I like having someone to talk to who understands my references. You know, most 26-year-olds or under are not listening to Super Tramp or Peter Gabriel era Genesis. So it's kind of hard to talk to them about that kind of music. With Jeff, I've got no worries. He'll know what I'm talking about if I reference, I don't know, On the Loose by Saga or Hyperactive by Thomas Dolby. So that's why Jeff is awesome in my opinion. He and I are on the same wavelength music-wise. True Brandon at Black Gold Heart. Uh, he's got two questions. Uh, the first is, with the VOW's affiliates track record regarding job opportunities, <laughs> when do you think WWE, AEW, Impact, etc. will hire you as their musical consultant, uh, JK, he says. Listen, if AEW want to open up purse strings and offer your boy Andrew a contract, I ain't gonna say no, okay? I love money. I've got some ideas. Give me a pen. I will sign that dotted line. And you know what? I will bring Chris Maffei along with me because together we can make some magic. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Uh, <laughs> uh, question two from uh, True Brandon here. Which wrestler, team, or subject have you tried to do an episode about but never got around to it. Um, it's funny, I do have a Dudley Boys episode, Rip Raring a Go, uh, but I just don't have anyone to do it with. You know, So if anybody out there has podcasting experience and really wants to do a Dudley Boys episode with me, then let me know. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Jack Beckman. Uh, Jack is one of the young lions here at VOW, uh, at Packerman120. Why is Kenny Omega's new theme a banger? It is a banger, folks. I, I gotta agree with Jack here. It's a banger. Uh, he's referring, of course, to Kenny's new theme, Battle Cry, by Little V, which debuted at Double or Nothing this year. Yeah, hear the battle cry. It rules. Uh, the first time I heard it, 
I was like, eh, I don't know, it's not Devil's Sky. I heard it a few more times, and I am now, no pun intended, all in on this song. The drawn-out intro with the melodramatic vocals, the big ramp-up into the fast break, uh, the heavy riffs, and the passionate yelling, Battle Cry! It's very video game-esque, it's very cinematic and epic and cheesy, which is perfect for Kenny Omega. So yeah, it's a banger, and I think of all the new themes that we've gotten from AEW so far, this one's my favorite. And uh, not to spoil things, but uh, I do have this penciled in for the year in review episode in December, so keep an eye out for that one uh, come later this year. Dakota Ibushi at Dakota Ibushi. Do you have a master spreadsheet of all the themes you've done and their corresponding episodes, and can we see it? Uh, no, you can't see it because I don't have one. <laughs> I probably should have one. It's a good idea to have one and to you know, keep track of all the songs I've used over the years in one place. Um, what I do have, though, is for each episode, I make a Google Doc that has all the song info on it with dates and lyrics and so forth, but I don't have that one big spreadsheet, but uh, it's a good idea, so I'll probably get started on it soon. Almost done here, uh, Omri S. at Omri Shetman. Again, I hope I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. When are you going to do an entire episode dedicated to the new theme of show? Well, I don't know about a whole episode. That seems a bit uh, a bit too much for that one. <laughs> but um, I will cover it on the show at some point when it comes out officially because I like to get the studio versions of themes to get the best quality on them so I can hear them and take notes and uh, just make it easier on myself that way. So uh, when show's theme comes out, uh, maybe next year, I think, for Greatest Music 8, I'll get it and I'll cover it. So someday, Omri, someday. All right, we are down now to the final question, and it's from our good pal, Jamie O.D., at Jamie O.D. Uh, Jamie runs dramaticddt.wordpress.com. Uh, that is an English-language site devoted exclusively to DDT Wrestling and its sub-brands. So it's got match results, it's got schedules, it's got news, translations, roster pages, the whole shebang bang and I met Jamie as well at Mini Weekend at the DDT show, naturally. So his question, are there any song examples you couldn't use on an episode because you couldn't find the right version of the song or even the song itself? Well, funny enough, my answer is DDT related because uh, way back when I did an episode with Jojo Remy about current day All Japan themes. And one of them uh, was for Shuji Ishikawa who started his career in DDT and was there for a very long time. And his theme is Battery by Metallica. But he uses a special version of the song called the Large And Mix, which starts out with the electric guitars. And there's this female spoken word added in that I can never make out. And for the life of me, I just I couldn't find any other references to this Large And Mix online. It just didn't exist anywhere I looked. So I figured, screw it, I'll just go with the normal version of Battery, which I did. Whew, all right, those were all of your questions, done and dusted. Again, thank you so much for sending those in. I hope I answered them to your liking, and uh, thank you as well for listening to this episode of Music of the Mat. Uh, just a reminder, 
That music of the mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, and I forgot to bring this up last time, but we have now left Audio Boom with the other VOW podcasts and are now part of Red Circle. And what that means is that if you go to the podcast's Red Circle website, which is redcircle.com slash shows slash music dash of dash the dash mat you'll see a red button on the page that says support this podcaster now the podcast will always 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 be free i'll never charge you for it but if you're ever inclined to show your support for the show uh, monetarily speaking and you want to donate a few bucks my way to show your love Click that support this podcaster button, and that is how you will do it. Uh, Again, the podcast, always free. Donations are entirely up to you. But if you do do it, hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Again, that's redcircle.com slash shows slash music dash of dash the dash Matt. It's a mouthful. I know. I'm sorry. But there is a link to it in the show's Twitter profile. And uh, speaking of which... Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Check out the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. All right, that's it. I'm Andrew Rich. I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.